Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! It was time now. There was was all the time I needed. And this time it Oh wow, my brain is actually programmed to respond to this time it's personal. Um, but it's always personal with you folks. This time, though, it's not the usual quarantine because we have more than just Jesse and Graham on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah! Thanks to the magic of the internet, please say hello and welcome back to D- Dave, Zinni, and Aisha. Hello, folks. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> there we go. All right, we're doing something a little ambitious today, um, and I know that it, uh, in Graham's case, it's been his personal dream for a long time. Uh, so, Graham, why don't you explain to everybody what we're looking at today? So, once again, this is an idea I've kind of copped from another podcast, but that was done with James Bond stuff. This will be done with Star Trek characters. We're drafting our own show and or ship and or whatever based on how the draft goes. We've got a bunch of different categories. Uh, I'll get into that a little after the intro here, but we've got five of us here. We're going to pick one person to fill each role on this ship. And we've got a whole list of characters to choose from. Everyone's, we're going to do a snake draft. So if you've ever done any sort of fantasy sports stuff, that's where the person who drafts first goes first and then second, third, fourth, fifth. And then once we hit the fifth person, they're also going to draft six. And then we're going to go back up in reverse order. So it goes one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, and back and forth like that until we've filled our entire ship. And then once we've finished that, everyone's got a full crew complement. We're going to take a little break, figure out the name of our ship, and what kind of show this this ship would be a part of. How does that sound? Does that make sense to everyone? Sure. Yep. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> The folks here have had a look at the stuff beforehand. Uh, for those of you following along at home, we'll post uh, our pool up on the website up at uh, geektop5.com and facebook.com slash geektop5. Uh, so if you're listening along and you're near a, if you're at home or near a device, take a look at that so you can follow the action along or maybe even try to reproduce it with your friends later. Uh, this is, uh, it's going to help to have that visual aid, I think. Yeah, uh, so... There's quite a number of positions that we're going to fill. We got, you know, your classics. Captain, first officer, engineering, medical, security slash tactical, science, operations, helm. And then we get into interesting stuff. We've got a wild card. So that's a character that's going to be on the show that'll throw things off a little bit. Someone who doesn't quite fit and could be either a good guy or a bad guy. Someone that's going to just spice things up a little bit. Then we got our antagonist, so the bad guy. That could be a person or a species or just a faction. And then finally, our ship type. So I think we've all had a chance to do some research, and, and I, I think we're about ready to go, eh, Jess? All right. So before we get started, we have to figure out what order this is going to go in. Now, having it as a snake draft is going to help with that, because being if you're last, yeah, you miss out in the first round, but then you get two in a row. So that is pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, still we kind of... Uh, hmm. We want to make sure that it's fair. So what we're going to do, we looked around and saw, well, how has the universe dealt with this in the past? And we turned instead to the best solution for determining turn order, which, of course, was decided by Dungeons & Dragons, where there is a system called Rolling for Initiative. So what I would like to do is invite everybody on, and you at home as well, if you like, but the five of us here, if you could just open yourselves a fresh Google window and just type, roll a D20, D20. And what'll happen is 
Get my dice out. Yeah, if you have your <laughs> dice there, you could go for it. I wanted to create the illusion that we weren't all, you know, in, just immediately basking in our different dice. I've got two different <laughs> dice sets within arm's reach right now. You know, trying to do it a little better than that. In any case, roll your dice at home or check the website and report back what number you got. Okay, I have rolled a 10. 15. (laughs) I I got a 19. Five. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Living up to my reputation, I, of course, rolled a one. All right, so that means that the turn order is going to be Graham, then Dave, then Aisha, then Zinni, and then Jesse. Sounds good. Jesse gets the round two pick. That's true. I get two in a row. Okay, quick question. If you pick somebody, can I pick them for a different position, or they're just off the board entirely? Once they're picked, they're gone. They're just gone. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, you can follow along on the Google sheet and I'm just going to like be cutting people out of the, the pool and putting them into the slot. So once they're up in, in the top row, the yellow row, then they're done. Yeah. Okay. So while we're, we're picking, I want us to uh, sort of give your reason for that pick and um, explain explain what era you're taking them from because so many of these characters are from all over the Star Trek timeline so just to help justify their their position does that make sense absolutely and you get to set the example Graham because you get to go first you get to kick this off all right well I'm not I I have to say uh, I think this is the first time I've being the first person drafting in any of the fantasy drafts I've ever done before I'm used to sort of responding to what everyone else has done so it's sort of weird setting the tone, but I I gotta go with the the girl that brought me here. I'm going with Jean Luc Picard. You know, he's, <laughs> oh, so it's big. He's he's the he's half the reason I like Star Trek. He's the best. Uh, you gotta go with Captain Picard from his time on the Enterprise, probably around season uh, five or six, maybe after Borgification, uh, but before you know he gets into action Picard later. Yeah, you want that primo TNG, like like the the drumhead Picard is what you're thinking, right? Yeah. Okay, that's ah man, I really wasn't expecting. You to really don't have to defend that though. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think anybody's challenging <laughs> it. Okay, so now we're gonna go to Dave. Uh, you got one minute on the clock to make your pick. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna take uh, Worf at uh, Security and Tactical. Okay, that's solid choice. Yeah. So we'll, uh, I'm going to take Worf at Security and Tactical, and that is because Security and Tactical—that's that's the stuff that keeps your ship your ship safe. There isn't a scene where the ship is in danger, or where the Security and Tactical officer isn't fully important to the story. So absolutely, I need my so, Worf. Now, is, which this era? is a, this is very important, Dave. Yeah, which era? <laughs> See, I'm I'm very happy to take late TNG Worf. I don't okay. need I don't need uh, DS9 Worf. I mean, I like the ponytail better, but other than that, I don't need uh, I don't need I don't need late DS9 Worf for sure. I mean, could be, I ask because it's important to note Worf missed a lot of shots on that bridge on TH. It was the worst shot ever, and bad luck followed him around constantly. 
Yeah, but he didn't get eaten by a gooey evil creature. And Odo can't shoot. Oh! And, uh... So he beats Tasha Yar because he didn't get eaten by Artemis. And it's not Odo. And Michael Eddington was... Two wives murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he had the ship taken over by Ferengi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're talking about there. into a dinosaur. <laughs> okay, all right. I, Dave, I think that's a fine pick. I, uh, I, I'm excited to see how your the rest of your ship plays out. So, Aisha, it's on to you. You got one minute. All right. So this is a no-brainer. I'm going to start with the baddies, and I'm going to go with my antagonist as Q. Wow. Start there. You're going to start big. Um, antagonist, I think, is obviously just integral to the tone of your show and the kind of story you're going to end up telling. Um, and he's pretty important to the kind of story I want to tell with the show. I hope you have Guinan as your wild card so we can finally find out what that was all about. Don't give away my strategy, Graham. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So what era of Q are we talking? Voyager Q or, or like season two next gen? Flush about uh, Season that. two next gen. That's where we're going classics. Okay. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Zinni, you're up. Okay. I'm going to go back to Captain and I'm going to pick Pike. Ooh. Uh, mostly because he represents for me what I always picture the Star Trek universe is supposed to look like and what uh, Starfleet is supposed to look like. And the, those are the kinds of stories that I enjoyed the most because I couldn't have Picard, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to the new series for that reason as well. So we're not talking the Cage Pike, but Discovery Pike. Definitely. I mean, I could, you know, the Cage Pike wasn't bad, but definitely the Discovery Pike. Okay. And uh, does the, the casting have anything to do with that decision? Or? Of course not. I would have still loved him even if I didn't look at him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesse, you got uh, two minutes to make two picks. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to start by sort of following Aisha a bit and starting with an antagonist. Uh, I'm going to take the Borg as my antagonist. Um, I want to make the, I, I depend, I, we'll see how I can build it up, but I want to make the Borg story I have always wanted to see. I've mentioned it on the show before. I love First Contact. I think it's the best Trek movie. Um, maybe close, t- like close second with Galaxy Quest behind it, but First Contact <laughs> is great. But I never really liked the idea of the Borg Queen. Uh, I think she was great in the movie. Like she, you know, the, it was performed well. But I like the Borg, like they were in Best of Both Worlds. There's this creepy sort of almost, like almost Lovecraftian villain, like this this ever present force. And I want to tell that story. So that's okay. my that's my antagonist. And um, for my second pick, I actually I'm still rolling the dice in, in my head on this. I think what I got to go is I'm going to have to set up the person to face the Borg, and I think that's going to be Captain William T. Riker. Oh. Uh, I thought this would happen. Okay. Yeah. It it was tied with another guy. I'm going to sort of leave it to see what happens. But 
both inspired because of how great it was to see him at the end of Picard as Captain Riker the Badass, and also because I'm really curious about how Riker... Riker doesn't really suit what you think of as a traditional Starfleet captain the way like Picard is or Pike is. If anything, he's a little more Kirk. He's, Riker's more phasers first. And putting him in this situation where he's going to be up against the Borg, especially depending what characters I can get to put around him, I think that's going to make for a really cool like, antagonistic relationship, especially after his performance in Best of Both Worlds. Revisiting that for that character, I, I'm very excited by that idea. I like it. I like it. Uh, out of the box. Early out of the box pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, that takes us back to Zinni. Yeah, okay. For my first officer, I'm going to pick Michael Burnham. Interesting. Ooh. Wow. You know, I The reason I chose her is because Pike is such a traditionalist and a by-the-book, um, and she would be able to challenge him. And I think she's learned an important lesson by what happened with Giorgio, and we're not again. <laughs> You don't think she's she's a once a mutineer, always a mutineer? No, but she, at least she will challenge Pike. Okay, that's so true. Just for our some of our our listeners, she's a the Spock's uh, adoptive sister. Uh, she's a human, but has sort of like she's kind of emotionless at times, or, or has a the Vulcan her upbringing. More, yeah, more buried more deeply than most humans on Star Trek. So interesting pick. All right, leading heavily into discovery. It's yeah. Okay, did not see that coming. Oh, Aisha, you're up. Okay, well, Graham called it. Uh, I'm going to go with Guinan as my wild card. (laughs) You took my wild card again. uh, She is uh, integral to the kind of story I want to tell, and her dynamic and her history with Q is uh, super interesting. And sort of, we just sort of dip our toe in that uh, a little bit. We don't really get into a whole lot of detail. Um, in um, uh, in next gen, but uh, that'll be fun to explore. I'm already excited for so many of these shows. Yeah. Okay, Dave, you're up. Right. Okay. So, um, I guess this only works out if it works out. Uh, I w- I wanted to see. I always wanted to see this, but I want to see the Captain uh, LaForge show. Uh, that, that was the other captain I was going to go with if I didn't get Riker. Well, you got Riker, so it's fine. Yeah, it's I fine, mean, but like good, but yeah, we great minds. I yeah, was well, thinking that war for my first officer, just as if we're playing that game. Sure. But go on, Dave. So, uh, Jordy LaForge, um, he's interesting because his approach to, we only see it a few times. Like, um, there's a I've forgotten the name of the episode, but uh, he gets stranded on a planet with a Romulan, uh, and and his approach to to sort of interpersonal conflict and also diplomatic conflict, we we see it a few times, and it's always it's different. Like it's different than Picard, and it's different than Kirk, and it's different than Cisco, and it's different than everybody else. But it's interesting, and that's I just think something that you know it's a perspective we haven't seen, and I want to see more of it. Uh, I think it's different. I think it would be actually different and actually interesting. Like I feel like. One of the things that I was having trouble with this draft was, um, like, I feel like the the sh- the the show with John Luke Picard as captain we have seen, and the show with uh, Ben Sisko as captain we have seen. So similar to Jesse, I want to see the show with somebody else as captain. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, fun to note, we did see an alternate future with a Captain Jordy LaForge in a Voyager episode. Oh, um, we I think yeah. 
I think it was Timeless, where he's captain of the Challenger. Uh, yes. So there's a little bit of canon groundwork laid there for you, too. Absolutely. So what, what era of Jordy are we talking here? Well, I think he's got his eyes replaced. Um, uh, and I think... I don't know that... He, I don't think he's married. So, okay. So it's somewhere between... Um, somewhere between uh, uh, Generations First Contact and uh, the end of uh, Best of Both Worlds. Not Best of Both Worlds. All good things. Okay. Cool. That's specific <laughs> enough for you? Yeah, thank that, you. Yeah, that nailed it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, uh, back to me, and now I'm going to make two picks in a row, and this is going to be tough. Uh... I think I'm gonna go with uh, Raffi for the first officer. And oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just sort of playing this out. I'd like to see her in her prime, as opposed to sort of a weird shell of herself. By the time we hit the Picard series, I'd like to see what that relationship would have been like when they were both at their their prime. Um, see, because even the the Picard that we get hints of in the show where he's willing to let her call him JL, that doesn't seem like the Picard from Next Gen. So I want to see a more straight and narrow Picard having to deal with an operations officer who and, uh, sorry, I was going to make her the operations officer, not first officer. Sorry, oh. let me just oh. move that over. Okay. That's I, a- I, I did do some research, and she was his operations officer, according to Memory Alpha. So there is some history there before she became the first officer. So she's going to be the operations officer. There goes my timer. That's my one minute. So I got to pick my pick my next pick already. Uh, I'm going to go with Dax for my science officer. <gasps> Which one? You got two Daxes to pick from. I, I think we all know. Yeah. Dead Zia Dax for my first officer. Have her be the one, uh, the the more confident, more playful one from later in the series. I think she and Raffi would get along really well, and uh, that would be an interesting dynamic. And I would like to see how Picard would interact with her. And she's just a great character. Who wouldn't want uh, Jed Zia Dax on their on their ship? Okay, that's it for me. Oh, geez, it's back to me already. Okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I it's it's as tricky. So, okay. Um they bumped head at uh, head, bumped heads at first, but I think I'm going to take uh Scotty at engineering. Mm. Now, we saw this. We did see this uh in Relics when uh Scotty we saved Scotty from the transport uh buffer uh and and uh Jordy has to sort of handle him a little bit uh um because he wanted to feel useful. Uh, and then in the end, they finally did figure out how to get along and, and make it work. So I, I actually liked where that ended and where that was going. And, and they do have opposite approaches. Scotty Scotty is a, sort of a duct tape and, and uh, willpower kind of engineer, whereas the Forge is definitely by the book. So um, I, I, I think that's a good pairing. I think that's a, good, a little bit of tension there and sort of their... Um, Differing approaches, but at the same time, they can work together. That was your minute. Very I nicely done. <laughs> okay, Aisha, yeah. you're up. All right, uh, I'm going to pick Bones for my medical officer. Ooh. Yeah, and cool. um, 
I mean, this is my favorite character in the uh, uh, the original series. Uh, I, he's the most human character on the ship. Um, him versus Spock uh, and their philosophical sort of discussions about whatever they're facing uh, with the alien of the week um, is what makes the show for me. Um, but that dynamic will work out really well with the kind of story I want to tell here. So yeah, going to go with boats. I am disappointed. He was my number one pick for a medical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Jimmy. Okay, yay. I got Miles O'Brien. Oh. I love <laughs> Miles O'Brien. For, for I'm going to put him in engineering. Damn. Okay. Um, Miles O'Brien gave me my favorite, one of my favorite DS9 episodes ever when he goes undercover with the Orion Syndicate. Right. And, he, and in the end, he ends up having to take care of the cat. Yeah, I just I that was one. He brings heart to the show. He brings his family, so there's that aspect of it as well. And um, and he's an amazing engineer, knows how to fix everything. So that's my pick. I mean, I, I want to know Brian so bad. They're they're <laughs> probably better engineers out there. Like they, that, just, the space station was still having problems seven seasons in. Like, come on! But look what he started with. <laughs> Yeah, Our nobody else could even do it. <laughs> okay. He was, he was uh, the best tactical us. officer on the Rutledge, too, right? That's true. You get oh, to that's the right. one. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, you got two. Ah, damn it, damn it, damn. I'm so upset that you took O'Brien. Huh, okay, well, then my first one, the first one I, I, I know because I have that as a fallback, uh, I'm going to take Arium as my science officer. As okay. science, eh? so much more discovery being taken than I expected. Well, this this ties really well into the story I want to build. I mean, for one thing, like I mean, yeah, Jedzia is clearly the choice for science officer if you're not going with Spock, and I didn't want Spock. Arium is science, um, or at least like, she has a science background on the discovery, and more importantly, she's a cyborg lady. Uh, I feel like that's going to play in really well with the whole Borg thing I have going on. She gets that one episode for her. Um, it was, I don't remember the title. It was one of those really long, pretentious ones, like where she essentially gets taken over by the evil AI, and then they shove her out an airlock. Um, I feel like maybe that would be like one of the B plots in what I'm putting together. But having her on there is a really good way to compare it to the Borg, and that question that I think is going to start coming up about like what makes somebody human. Or what makes a person, whatever the you know, the space version of human is, whatever makes a person a sentient being versus what makes them a mindless automaton. I think she, having her there is going to open up a lot of story possibilities for that. So that is my that is my first choice. Um, so she is she's her actual job title is the she's in charge of the. I'm the spore drive, really right? Yeah, she's doing the spore drive from the bridge, right? That's her job. She's yeah, spore she's drive spore drive operations. Operations, right? Okay, but I think yeah. that's sciency enough, right? No, one's yeah. Gonna I mean, yeah, I didn't know. think you guys are going to fight me on that. <laughs> no, she wears gold. All right, so that's my first choice. So now, rounding back to the other side to the snake draft for my second. Um, I do hmm, I do think this is going to work. It, it, it'll it be fun, regardless. The closest thing I can get to Miles O'Brien, if I can't have him, I'm going to take Rom as my engineer. That was my second wow. choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great minds think alike. That's, uh, that's, that, that, that's some of that Baker DNA. 
Um, no, Rom, Rom is uh, is in a weird place because he's played as such a comedic character so often. But just, one just give things... us a bit of background on Rom. Like, who is he? What show is he from? Rom Rom is Quark's brother on Deep Space Nine. He starts off as a like a generic Ferengi in the bar, essentially. Um, but he gets his own personality and story because he's Nog's father, and Nog becomes a major character, the Ferengi kid who becomes friends with Jake Sisko. Um, Rom develops on his own to sort of become the good Ferengi, like the progressive Ferengi, who's going to take their culture out of its you know, capitalist wasteland and modernize them. But it's, if anything, it's underplayed. It's also just constantly mentioned, but never really addressed, but that he's this genius whiz kid engineer. And kind of a Scotty way, the way Dave was describing, like with, you know, spit and elbow grease and that kind of stuff. But he keeps the place running. And as the show progresses, eventually he sort of gets a job through the Bajoran militia working with the engineering teams on Deep Space Nine. And there's that great episode where O'Brien, it's where Keiko is possessed by a paw wraith and is making him make all these adjustments to the station. And he sort of accidentally recruits Nog into it. And Nog just figures out what's going on immediately. Rom. Recruits yes, Rom. Rom. Sorry. But Rom, so like Rom gets systems. So I'm picturing this Rom as a Rom who's like progressed down that career. Maybe the Nagus thing didn't work out. I'm not sure. But he's still a great engineer and he's got all this experience with Starfleet. And I think here he's gone in that direction. And now he's just, maybe he's no Miles O'Brien, but he certainly can fill the shoes. All right. That's great. Uh, Zinni, you're, you're next. Okay. Then I'm taking my data. Data's ah. going into the office position. Ah. How do I need to defend that decision? <laughs> no. Uh, no he, he is ops. He is, yeah. He, yeah. And uh, I, I can't think of anybody else I'd want to have on the ship. I would have liked him as first. I would have liked him in any of these positions, frankly. But I think his talents are best at ops. And he can take care of my cat. <laughs> uh, okay, so I see. Well, You're hang on, hang on. Which yeah. which data are we talking about? Are I we talking? Like to, um, no, I want next gen data. So, so before no or after emotional chip? Uh, for, take the emotion chip, grind it under your heel, and never mention it again. Wow. I mean, I, I feel hope, like I, I think you get what I mean. <laughs> I feel like that happened between first contact and and insurrection. They sort of stopped talking about it by then. Good. Yeah. But uh, and also he gets really emo in the movies. Yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, I could do without that. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Okay, I should, you're in an interesting position because all the rest of us have picked our captain, so you could kind of save your captain pick for much later in the game because you're not at risk of losing any of the big ones that are left. Yeah, oh, you, uh, you? I don't know about that. Okay, okay, I'm just putting it out there. Well, I mean, I'm going to start with my captain now, actually. Ironically, that's what I was going to do next. Um, I am going to pick Kirk. Um, and okay. And Kirk because, uh, again, this will make a lot more sense when I explain what the show is later. But, you know, what I love about him is that he's the bad kid in the back of the class who still got the best grade. You know, he's, he's fun, but he's still brilliant, uh, and he will bend, bend the rules uh, to, to win. Um, and that's kind of what's necessary for the kind of scenario that I've come up with for this show. So Kirk, the swashbuckling Kirk, is what we're going to do. Not from the movies, by the way. <laughs> that's what we're okay, doing. so the yeah. original yeah. Young Kirk. Yes, uh, Young Kirk. We're talking Shatner, not uh, Pine. Yes. 
Just gotta be clear. Yes, There's a lot of cards out there now. It's all prime timeline. Yuck. <laughs> I like that yeah, movie. The Kelvin movies are good. <laughs> okay, so that brings us back to Yuck himself, Mr. Dave Clark. Oh, thanks. Uh, okay, so what do we got left? Oh, geez, I got a minute. Okay. Um, I think this show that I am telling this story of with... Uh, Captain LaForge, uh, Chief Engineer Scotty, and Worf at Tactical Security uh, is up against the Romulans. Mm. Interesting. I mean, the Romulans have existed forever. I mean, they make even make a weird sort of semi-canonically appropriate appearance in Enterprise. And, I mean, like, they had to, right? when Enterprise was sort of doing that sort of third season and everybody was like, well, what are they going to do? They've kind of touched on everything and they've kind of cleared everything. So they have to do new, new aliens and they did Romulans, but in a way that was like kind of appropriate for Canon. I don't know. But anyway, I always thought that the Romulans were never really given their true blue uh, position as an antagonist. They were always kind of off to the side and like a threat but not an antagonist. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think a lot of the times they get a chance to shine, it sort of falters, like Nemesis, they're kind of antagonists in that and aren't very good, and Sela never really amounted to much as a villain, even her yeah. like two or three appearances. Even Sela's definitely better than when we see them in Nemesis. Nemesis, they aren't antagonists. The Remans are antagonists, and the oh, you know, whole Reman thing was ludicrous yeah. so they really kind of ignored them like they didn't use them the i think reunification is a, a much better position for the romulans as well as the klingon civil war but i always felt like that was like okay this is the surface like them playing the chess pieces from far away is that's the whole thing that's the like they could have been the dominion they could have been like you know this sort of major overarching villain uh, for two seasons of a show, and I think they never got that opportunity. I thought they were underserved, given that they were able to create a, an empire as large as they did. Where is and it? Considering their first appearance in uh, in the original series, the Balance of Terror is supposed to supposedly one of the best episodes of the original series. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it was also one of the best DS Nine episodes where they where Cisco got them into the war. Yes. Yeah. Pale Moonlight. Yeah. 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 It's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Vreenak. Yeah. yeah. Canadian actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Okay. No, anyway. That's, yeah, that sounds cool. I'm all for all of that. <laughs> okay. I, I'm ready to go with my two picks. No, no clock necessary. For my wild card, I am going to go with Michael Eddington. Oh, Ooh. a traitor. Yes, yes. So this was said the woman who picked Michael Burnham. <laughs> but she's reformed. Eddington never reformed. Yeah, but he was so um, powered by his convictions, it, and it was want to be Jean Valjean. Yeah, it's such a great by his convictions. So, just for our our less Trek knowledgeable uh, listeners, uh, Michael Eddington was created as a 
sort of a, a Starfleet security guy to work with Odo and maybe be a, sort of antagonistic with Odo. And, you know, behind the scenes, that didn't really play out that much. And then they revealed that he was a Maquis traitor and he, he, he turns on them and he starts working against them and, and trying to f- kill as many Cardassians as he can and disrupt the, the peace that's there. And he ends up having this really great relationship with Cisco. They're this, you know, cat and mouse game with them and they they hate each other. And it's such a powerful performance. Like he goes from being kind of an also, like barely more than an extra to being this amazing villain. And I don't think it was planned out when they first brought him on board. I think that just happened and he happened to be so good at being a villain that it, he, he really steals a lot of shows, episodes that he's in. There you go. There's my wild card. I gotta, and, I'm gonna give you this just before you get into your next pick. So you think that Michael Addington can play Picard as well as he played Cisco? Well, I'll get into that when we reach our uh, when we're revealing the plot of our show. I think I've, okay. I've got a plan going now. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, and that may be evident based on my next pick, which is my antagonist. The Cardassians. So, uh, one of the weird things that Next Generation did is sometimes it would introduce things, and it, it, in the very first episode with those characters, it would be like, oh yeah, we've known these people all along. Like, the, I think the first episode with Keiko, oh, Keiko O'Brien, is when she's marrying O'Brien. And it's like, oh yeah, we all know Keiko. Keiko's great. But it's like, who is to the audience? You're like, oh, I guess, I guess we're meeting this character now. It was the same thing with the Cardassians. The first appearance of the Cardassians is, is introducing them signing a peace treaty. And apparently Starfleet had been at war with them for a while. So I want to do something set before that peace is signed, a time period that we have heard about, but have never seen the war with the Cardassians. The first war with the Cardassians. The first war with the Cardassians. That's my pick. Interesting. Okay. Uh, So now that takes us back to Dave. Ah, jeez. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there's still a bunch of people left on the board that would be very interesting, but I wanted to really kind of get a weird texture going here. So, um, which I think I'm doing, but without getting too many bizarre and off-put characters. So, I'm going to take the EMH <sighs> as the doctor. <laughs> Damn. I have disappointed someone. Yes. <laughs> well, I thought, okay, well, first of all, Picardo, right? Yeah. Yeah. He is fantastic. He is absolutely fantastic friend of the show. Um, and <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, his performance over the, over the seven seasons, I thought was uh, really quite special. They gave, they let him grow. This is, one of the yeah, few give characters. Some background on the character Sorry. for people who haven't seen Voyager. Thank you. Uh, so um, when when in Voyager, when the USS Voyager gets flung across the galaxy to the far reaches, which is the setup of the uh, the conceit of the show, is that they're making their way home through uh, the Delta Quadrant back to the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, when they're flung across the universe, uh, several key crew members are killed by that uh, that experience, including the chief medical officer and Voyager being uh, top of the line, new experimental systems, yada, 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 is fitted with the emergency medical hologram, Mark I. And uh, when activated, 
it is assigned to be the now chief medical officer, even though he's only ever programmed to be uh, in use in short periods of time. Now, that lets the character actually go from being literally a, a hologram with medical books in it to one of a, a, a very fulfilled and interesting character, a very good doctor, unlike uh, some doctors on our list. Uh, and, uh, but also, like, you know, he's interested in, in music and, and opera. He's interested in... Uh, he's interested in self-growth, and, and 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 so this is you know this is interesting. I think it's going to work well with Jordy. I think there's a there's an opportunity for a real data uh, Picard relationship with Jordy and and the EMH. Um, I think there's a lot of room there. I think it, I think it would be a, it would be a really great uh, dynamic. I like it. I like it. It's a good pick. Okay, Aisha. All right, so uh, I'm going to pick my first officer now. I'm going to go with Kira. Oh, he's on my list. Oh, Kira and Kirk are such a cool combo. That's so great. Mainly why I picked it. I think the, well, Kira being a very, very, you know, uh, strong female character, very fleshed out in terms of her backstory as being a resistance fighter and uh, being part of, um, you know, guerrilla warfare, being an excellent tactician. Um, and having this very um, kind of formal relationship with Cisco um, more than anybody else on the ship, uh, I think that will play really well with Kirk as a ladies' man <laughs> to have, you know, um, his second in command be uh, somebody who would not be prone to uh, his advances. Um, so I think that will be a really fun relationship. And yeah, Kira. That's yeah, that, that first episode of DS9 where Quark put, like, puts his hand on her hip and she threatens, like, I think she pulls a phaser on him. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that relationship between the two of them. Oh, that's explosive in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, interesting choice of words for a, a terrorist. But I'm bombing. But yeah, she, uh, you know, Kirk, I can't think of a time where he really had to deal with a. a strong, you know, I don't want to say like a strong female character because that's such a weird trope, but like a tough woman in the course of the original series. And so it would be interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, but also just like one who is like a pure professional, you know, when she is at work, she is at work. So yeah, I think that, I think that'll be a fun dynamic to play out in my series. Okay. Zinni. Oh, go ahead. Oh, baby. good. I got my intent. Sorry, I, I, I apologize. I just wanted to, like, I think what's really interesting with that, I think, is the opportunity for the um, her religion to come into play, too, uh, yeah. with, wow. with Kirk. I think there's some real useful, some meat on that bone for sure. Yeah, so one of the things I'm looking for in picking the characters for the series that I want to uh, make is I do want some deeply religious characters. So she sort of fills that uh, that uh, necessity as well. I think that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun with uh, with very actiony series. I want to tell, <laughs> and with a character like Q, who's essentially a god as the antagonist. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's hear Zinni's antagonist. Oh, my antagonist is Section Thirty One, and that it's, it's important because my series is going to be looking at the conflict between the traditional Starfleet values as reflected in the crew I'm trying to pick versus Section Thirty One. 
And that I know a bad. lot of the fans have always been upset about the existence of Section 31, mostly because that's not what the future is supposed to look like. And we're supposed to have gotten rid of that kind of stuff. But that's what I'd like to look at, at the examination of the conflict between the, the two sets of values. DS9 or Discovery Section 31? Uh, no, I'd like it to be, yeah, DS9 Section 31. Yeah, that makes more sense. I think. Yeah, the, the yeah. ones that aren't being controlled by robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. That's why I didn't want control. I just want Section Thirty. Yeah, controlled by the not Borg. Since exactly. Tease petered out into nothing. Yeah. Okay, two picks for Jesse. Whew. Okay. Um, I am. Whew, okay. For my first officer, I'm going to go with Philippa Giorgio. Ooh. Um, yeah, Listen, Dis- Discovery Emperor Giorgio is great. That's fun, um, but Michelle Yeoh is fantastic, and I really liked her portrayal as traditional Starfleet. The same way Zinni liked like, it likes Christopher Pike. I think Giorgio is going to be like sort of the soul, like the, what the Federation should be, and it's an inversion of the relationship between Picard and Riker. Whereas Picard was the wise old man, and Riker was Action Kirk. Now Riker is the captain, and he's going to constantly want, well, I'm going to beam down there with two phasers, and it's going to be Georgiou who's going to be like, no, why don't we try talking to them like Starfleet? I think that's going to be a cool thing. And at the same time, when push comes to shove, she's got a bit of a spine to her. You know, she in Discovery, in the, the, the first episode, she did beam over to the Klingon ship and did get into a fight. Like, she's not... You know, she's not, she's not Savic, is what I'm saying. Like she's yeah. not just a mouthpiece for Star for Starfleet regulations. She's actually got some spine to her, so I think that's going to work out. Now for the opposite side of that, and also because I feel a little guilty, and we should show Voyager a little bit more love, I'm going to take Seven of Nine and put her oh, into my security oh, tactical. That's what I. That was my first pick. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I mean, look, on the one hand, I mean, I'm building a Borg thing, so it's so hard to pass her up. Like, she's going to be, like, if anything, it's, it's going to be weird to do a Borg story without Picard, and she's the next best thing at the whole escape from the collective. I used to be a drone, and now I'm not. But also, she's going to be the opposite of Giorgio. Like, when she says, no, Captain, don't beam down there with a bunch of phasers, she, Seven of Nine is going to say, yeah, don't beam down there with phasers, beam down there with torpedoes. Yeah. Like, we're going to neutron bomb these Borg. <laughs> And it's so Giorgio and Seven of Nine are sort of going to be like the angel and the devil on Riker's shoulder, I think is what I'm setting up. And then, you know, there, you know, there'll be whole episodes devoted to Seven of Nine still dealing with trying to figure out who she is now that she's not a drone. In terms of which generation, I mean, I, it's tricky. I like the Seven from Picard better than the Seven from Voyager, but I also think the one from Picard is a little two dimensional. So if I can get away with it, I kind of want to do a little of both. Like I want to do the, I want seven of nine to have that self actualization from Picard where she's more of a person and less of a data clone, but I don't want her just to be a, you know, crazy one. So loose (laughs) hair or hair in a bun? (laughs) Loose hair, but that might be more of a personal preference. (laughs) What's the same way they categorize Janeway, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Janeway had so many haircuts. Jesse, I may make a suggestion. You want Seven of Z- Nine from Unimatrix Zero. Oh, the uh-huh. Annika Seven of Nine. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad pick. That's not a bad... A good Deep cut, too. But yeah, I think that's, that's sort of what we're looking at. Okay, so back to Zinni. 
Yay! Okay. <laughs> Who do I want more? Um. Okay, then I guess for so science, I really wanted seven of nine for science. Mm. Uh, so instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take Spock. Which Ooh. I can't believe nobody's picked Spock yet. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, go ahead, Jess. Just there are a lot of characters on here like that. Nobody's picked Cisco yet. I mean, like there's like, well, a lot of that. there's still a lot of gold to choose from. Yeah, but I mean, Spock is is definitely gold. I um, I would have picked him for first officer as well, but for science, definitely. And you gotta have you gotta have a Vulcan on board, and you gotta have Spock <laughs> on board if you're, if you're going to do a traditionalist. Uh, Star Trek show, you gotta have Spock. I mean, arguably, the two best shows don't have Vulcans, and that would be Next Gen and DS9. Next Gen had uh, had Vulcan storylines, though. I mean, they had what's it, Spock's father on uh, uh, Sarek on more, uh, many times, and then they had the whole reunification with the Romulans, which right. Spock got to be on. Um, to pal, so, the ambassador that turned out to be a Romulan plant. Yeah. So many Vulcans Well, that episode didn't have any Vulcans. <laughs> well, yeah, but you didn't know that until the end. <laughs> uh, and we don't, and we can't forget that the that the Vulcans were our first contact, and that the Vulcans, um, you know, were our sort of masters until we broke free and flew freely. That's going true. way back into Enterprise history now. <laughs> way back to what two thousand six. Oh, it's no, not that time. enterprise history. 2050 something. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on to Aisha. Okay, so uh, I am going to pick my security officer, and I can't believe nobody's picked Odo yet. That was mine. Uh, yeah, that was mine. Okay, so picking Odo because, one, I have uh, Kira on the cast now, so their relationship is a lot of fun, I think. Um, but also, he's... Uh, he keeps the he keeps the rule of law. That is what he does. He keeps you know he keeps the uh, trains running on time uh, on his ship. So and you know his uh, history with um, I guess his sort of uh, morality is a little bit gray, having worked with so many different um, uh, I guess militias like the Bajoran militia, the Cardassians, and the Federation, and, and the Dominion. So it's sort of um, he's sort of a morally gray character, but he's very good at what he does. So that's why I want him. I want him on the ship for that reason. And he, I think he's willing. He he has his own rules. He follows them pretty strictly, but he has his own rules. And I think James Kirk kind of does too. Right. So I yeah. think they will butt heads a lot. Um, and uh, but you know he has a soft spot for Kira, obviously. And Kira and Kirk are going to butt heads. It's gonna it's gonna be a really fun time. Yeah. Uh, we've got a mutiny on our hands. <laughs> a lot of mutinies happening. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, they, conflict is interesting. That's true. Yeah, I mean, don't ask Gene about it, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right, uh, this I think might be a controversial choice, but I think it's uh, I think it's dramatically interesting. So, I want to take uh, Janeway as first officer. Oh, as first officer to LaForge. Yeah. So obviously it's 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 we're going to go back in Janeway's past to go ahead in, in LaForge's future, but um I think it would be I more think... interesting if she comes back from the Delta Quadrant and gets demoted to commander. Yeah, <laughs> Admiral Janeway as first officer. Janeway. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um future Janeway 
commander of whatever the ship is. No, I think I think what what's interesting about that is is that Janeway's interesting when she's butting heads with someone, and I think this gives us way more opportunity, right? She's when she's in control, when she's in command, she's making decisions and. The other thing that's interesting about Janeway is we only ever see her in the context of sort of removed from Starfleet and and desperately trying to keep her crew together and get them home. But her in the context of, oh, the Romulans are up to shit, I think is going to be actually very interesting. Like it's uh, it's it's a place we haven't been. And and I think I think she'd be good at it. I think she'd be really interesting. That's a, a, a hell of a pick. That's I like these off the board picks. Uh, so I guess we're we're back to me. I got to make two picks, and honestly, this is something that I didn't have in mind at the beginning of this. But all the best first officers were already taken, and Jesse kind of inspired me. So I'm taking uh, Cisco as my first ah, officer. Okay, <laughs> he had a command. He had a. I think he was so, first officer in the Saratoga, right? Yeah. So I'm going to pick that era so he doesn't have quite the amount of baggage that he normally would have with Picard. It's not going to be uh, the, the post-Wolf 359 Cisco who hates Locutus and hates Picard. It's going to be uh, Ben Cisco who's still got some optimism to him. Uh, ben Cisco, maybe we haven't seen before. And I think it would be interesting to see him work with Picard and, and the rest of the, the crew. I, I, he's not going to have the baggage with Eddington. That's going to be an older Cisco, so he isn't there yet. Uh, okay, but there's potential. Now. I see what you're getting, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I think I am going to go with uh, Tuvok for my security oh. guy. Well, uh, at least he knows how to go. fire so a phaser, unlike Odo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's... He's going to follow the straight and narrow. We got a lot of guys who, who like, I think Rafi and uh, Jadzia tend to be a little more, you know, freewheeling with how they're going to handle things. I think it would be good to have someone a bit more straight that Picard can rely on without having to, like, watch their every move. So I kind of like the dynamic that's setting up here. Uh, Tuvok, for our, for our non Trekkie listeners was the the Vulcan chief of security on Voyager, and he he's he also served as a, an officer aboard the Excelsior under Captain Sulu. So he's like very old and wise, and a good friend to Janeway, and you know very reliable to to yeah, get very things Vulcan, done the right not a lot way. of wild crazy episodes with him. Only when something goes <laughs> terribly wrong, so they and then he into Neelix. Yeah, yes. Or he's got Pong Far, or, <laughs> or Pong Far. Didn't he absorb the psychopaths uh, issue? Um, what's his name? Yes, he became murderous I think because I, they had that guy locked up in. Yeah, uh, the oh zone. yeah, the season one. Yeah. Huh, okay. Okay, back back to Dave. Okay, so what do I need? I need science ops helm wildcard. And we haven't talked about ships yet, so... but let's, uh, Yeah, and there. no one has picked a helm officer, and no one has picked a ship. I am going to take another, perhaps outside uh, approach here, but I'm going to take uh, Tilly at science. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm one step ahead of you. <laughs> Sylvia Tilly uh, from uh, Discovery is 
Well, I mean, first of all, she does the comic relief, unlike I think we've had in Star Trek up until the the point of Discovery. I think, like, we had a perspective of, um, you know, Wesley Crusher being sort of the the young and 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 eager uh, perspective, but I I don't think it was done nearly as well as they've done it with uh, Tilly. And I like that I she's just a little bit, a little bit kooky. But I also like that she's, for the most part, really you know, uh, capable, interesting, she's competent, competent uh, and but also like, I like that she's annoying. An, an annoying as uh, in in universe annoying as opposed to out of universe annoying. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's, that's something fair. we don't that's have. That's a good way to put of, it, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm taking her. And I think science, I think she can totally handle science. I mean, she's still cadet. She's mostly engineering, but I think she could totally handle science. So in addition to no one having picked uh, anything from Helm yet or a ship, we also don't have any picks from Enterprise. I almost took one, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I almost took flocks, but you got nobody taken the doctor yet. One of my backup plans, I didn't need it, but one of my backup plans was to have Shran as a as an antagonist or a wild card. Uh, Jeffrey Coombs Sandorian. Just to get draw. just to get Jeffrey Coombs in your show. Because yeah, then you can have he can play as many yeah. characters as you need. That's right. <laughs> love, love him. He's just great. Okay, Aisha, you're up. Alright, so I'm gonna pick uh Bolana Torres as my chief engineer. So this Good call. mainly because all the other engineers I wanted already picked. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want Barkley? Barkley, I was thinking about. <laughs> but, no, what I like about um, Torres is that uh, you know she's a, a Klingon human hybrid. She's feisty. Her relationship with Janeway on the show was that they they butt heads a lot. Um, She thought Janeway was too, you know, by the book, too stiff, which becomes ironic later on. Um, But I think that Torres would really get along with Kirk. I think their sort of dynamic would be really friendly. Um, So that could be a lot of fun. So, yeah. And also, she's a pretty good engineer. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Great, yeah. great. I like it. So, are we talking uh, early, early in the series, Torres? No, late in the series, Torres, but before she's Borg, not Borg. <laughs> oh, pregnant with a kid? <laughs> uh, not pregnant. No, pre-pregnancy, but with Tom Paris. Well, yes. he's. Well, I mean, nobody's picked Tom Paris. You can't yet. get a two for one. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Oh. Do I have that? Zinni, you're up. <laughs> okay. For security and tactical, I'm going with Cristobal uh, Rios. Ah. Oh, I loved Rios. I get the feeling he's he, he's like the wild cowboy who's going to be able to do all kinds of things nobody thought of. And I would love to see him with Pike. I think they would get along famously. There would be a lot of conversations where Pike would say, go ahead, but don't tell me what you did. I love it. Uh, do you want to give us a bit more background on Rios from Picard in case people haven't seen him yet? He's an independent pilot. Um, he has he has a background in Starfleet, though, but left under shadowy circumstances. Well, left under depressing circumstances, shadowy circumstances. <laughs> We're not really sure. I don't think they ever really get into it. 
Uh, but he gets he gets together a motley crew and does what needs to be done for whoever's willing to pay him to do it. I, I also I appreciate this uh, pick because I think that his tactical uh, hologram was my favorite accent. They were fabulous, all of them. <laughs> now I want I was going to pick Sulu just because he can use a sword, <laughs> but I decided not to. If you went with a swashbuckling Star Trek show, yes, I'd, I'd be very curious. Exactly. <laughs> Jesse, you got two picks. Uh, well, I was going to pick Rios as my helm, but, so I got scooped one one turn too soon. So now I'm left scrambling. Um, uh, I've been waiting on it for a while, and I hate splitting them up, but I think I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to take Julian Bashir as my medical. Um, God, (laughs) somebody was sad. (laughs) I told myself if I got into this position where I could do two in a row, I would pick O'Brien for engineering and Bashir as medical because I hate breaking them up because they're such a good, such a good bromance. Um, So you could use your draft pick to put Bashir on Zinni's team. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I was sort of leaving it for a bit in case she would, but then she took Rios and well. <laughs> um, all that aside, I mean, Bashir. I mean, like, Bashir. Late. It's going to be late. DS Nine. Bashir. We've we've got the genetic engineering thing revealed now, so he's competent and less whiny. Um, well, that and first he's, season is rough. Yeah, the first couple of them. It takes a while for him to find. Uh, it's weird. As soon as his character really finds his legs, it's when it's not actually him. It's when it's a changeling. Uh, yes. Yeah. But then late Deep Space Nine, I just, I mean, we know he's a great medical officer because he tells you all the time. So I'm not worried about his competencies as a doctor, but also his character being like, drawn to the shadier side of Starfleet is going to be interesting in this scenario. Since I'm setting this up, like it's going to be a very action trek kind of thing. Um, you know, some people are just going to be guns blazing, but he's going to be a little more involved in things that, you know, maybe aren't quite Starfleet approved, uh, which might also play well with the rest of the crew that he has to deal with. Um, I, he absolutely is going to be flirting with Arium, um, which will also be fun because she absolutely will turn him down. <laughs> so I'm Arium, not seven him. of nine. Well, seven of nine, if anything, I think would terrify him. I mean, she'd kill him, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm taking Bashir as my medical officer. Ah, so that's uh, so that's okay. Do you need us to vamp while you think of your second pick? No, I'm just. I, I would I, picture like it's seven of nine responding to Doctor Julian Bashir's uh, uh, romantic advances with uh, with. I think she did in one episode. Well, I find this acceptable. Proceed with your date programming, and I will turn you down later. I think that was. I think it was a with Harry. I, I, maybe? Yeah, exactly. There was an there was an episode where Harry approaches Seven for it, and she decides to go ahead, and it totally throws everyone else off. Everybody is like, "What?" No, I thought it was good. I think it'll be great. She'll eat him alive later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see how it, how it goes when it gets written. I am stumbling between a choice of two, and the way I deal with this in my life is always I'm going to roll for it. Okay, um, my... No, and I rolled for it, and I didn't like what it said, so now I know which I want better. I'm going to take Sulu for Helm. Ah. 
Um, I need a helm officer, and it needs to be somebody, especially in the case I'm in, it needs to be someone who helm isn't a backseat thing. It sort of has to be, like, this has to be a dedicated somebody who can fly the ship. And that's going to be Sulu. Like, he's known as the helm guy. And, you know, that scene from Generations with the Enterprise B, it's his daughter at the helm, and Kirk is, oh, yeah, no, of course there's a Sulu at the helm. That's like that, that's just a key part of the ship. So like this ship is now going to be able to fly. It's going to dance and you're not going to have to justify it because it's Sulu. Okay, so so which era of Sulu? Are we talking uh John Cho Sulu or George Takei Sulu? It's George Takei Sulu. I would like to do later in his career. I mean, like by the time he's captain of the Excelsior, I, I'm not going to, you know, he's not another captain, but I feel like that level of veterancy on him, like he's, you, he you isn't want the guy anymore. who's already flown the helicopter in the 80s. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Well, I, I, want, I want the guy, I mean, like, Sulu, like, Sulu as, and again, he's not my captain, but Sulu as captain has a veterancy to him. Like when Praxix explodes and the, the bridge officer like, should we report this to Starfleet? And his answer is, are you kidding? Like, yeah. he's got, you know, he's got that, like, he's he's been there. He's seen it. Like, he knows what's going on. He's not going to be shot. I don't, I don't want kids, Sulu. I want that, Sulu. Okay. So now we're uh, we're back up to Zinni. Oh, good. Okay, my wild card. My wild card pick is Garrick. Ah, damn it! <laughs> I knew uh, someone had to take him for a couple. First of all, for com- he's my comic relief, as well as he fits in well with the whole uh, atmosphere of the show with Section Thirty One and uh, sort of the brain games. At, I think he would be a fabulous foil for everybody in the show. Give, give us some he, background like on him. I'm sorry? Give us some background on, on Garrick. Garrick is a Cardassian um, who got left behind when the Cardassians left DS9 and uh, the Federation took it over. But we don't know if he actually got left behind or if he was a plant and we're not really ever sure if he's spying for the Cardassians or whose side he's on. Uh, he does a lot of honorable stuff, all couched in a lot of really dishonorable stuff. And I would love to see his interactions with Spock. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, that yes, actually, with any of these. Or with Pike. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just... Or like, even Data. Are, yeah. So many people are so intrigued by Garrick and are willing to get tied into his, his little games and plots and schemes. But I just, I would love to see Spock just kind of shut him down. Yeah, but I don't think Garrick is. I don't think anybody can shut Garrick down. That's true, uh, but it would be an interesting challenge for him. I think. Oh, just, such a constant harassment! It would just. I mean, I can see the eyebrow going up constantly. Oh, there's a there's a whole like stuck in the holodeck episode with the two of them where they have to put aside <laughs> their differences and try to work together. Like that's. I I love that already. I gotta say though, I kind of feel like Burnham might just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yo, for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't die easily either. Very true. Okay, Aisha, you are up. Okay, I am going to pick Ro Laren as my Helms officer. Oh, I love it. Okay, give us some background on Ro. I so, I so. Background on Ro is um, again, this was sort of like a, a, a pick I had sort of in the back pocket, depending on whether or not I got Kira, because that's why I picked oh, her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
background with um, with uh, Ensign Rowe is um, we meet her on TNG. She's sort of a kind of like a sullen teenager character, <laughs> um, but her history, her childhood is very, very sad. She you know, grew up in the Cardassian occupation on Bajor, and um, she watched her father being tortured by the Cardassians and begged for mercy, and that made her grow up with like a feeling of being really ashamed of her heritage. Um, and she actually runs away. So uh, her, uh, and, and you know, she has a, a relationship with uh, Captain Picard, which is sort of paternal and having, you know, having her find um, her worth again um, is, is lovely to watch over uh, the course of TNG. Now her relationship with Kira would be super interesting on this show because Kira is of course, you know, she was a freedom fighter. So, and very, very uh, deeply religious and deeply um, proud of her culture. Um, so her, uh, Kira helping um, Roe sort of uh, get back in touch with her roots would be something fun to watch. Also, because Kira was kind of created because Michelle Forbes, who played Roe, didn't want to tie herself to a whole series. Like, she was going to be the... Yeah, they wanted her to be on DS9. Yeah, that was, yeah. So it'd be that's cool. I can't believe I didn't pick her for my helm. To be the helm <laughs> Riker's ship. Her and Riker. The- oh, yeah. Oh, the episode yeah. <laughs> where their memories get wiped out and she and Riker are sleeping with each other in like 10 minutes. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. After oh. being at each other's throats when they did have their memory. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I missed the ball there. Good good pick, Aisha. Okay. All right. Back up to Dave. All right. So um, a lot of my picks uh, evaporated uh, in this, this last round. This is why we got the timer. Here. I know, I know, I know. So I think what I'd like to do is I would like to break with our uh, apparent tradition, and I will take Jonathan Archer at Ops. <sighs> Interesting. Interesting. So Jonathan Archer, uh, you know, he was the captain of the Enterprise NX-01, the original experimental Enterprise. And when I say original, I mean not original. And I, when I say uh, Enterprise, I mean the Enterprise that was on the show Enterprise. So just the most confusing way to, to, to frame it <laughs> ever. Um, Thank you. He is... But the reason I'm taking him, he's got to be good, right? Like... He was. They they made him the captain. There were other people up to be captain of that ship, but they they chose him. I got. He's got. I I gotta assume that he has got the technical uh, knowledge and wherewithal, and the uh, organizational knowledge and wherewithal uh, to to manage the theoretical ship that I will uh, soon pick. Uh, and I, you know, I like Bacula. I like the acting. I mean, it's, there's some of it gets a little bit philosophical and reflective, but like the 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 parts where he's in the action sequences and the parts where it's like I would take Bacula back to the beginning of uh, of Quantum Leap for this because this has got to be a younger Archer, right? I love it. Any okay. any time someone could talk about Quantum Leap, I'm there for it. I know you. I'm are. so there also. <laughs> Why, that, why aren't they rebooting that? I mean, that's Seriously. how we all hoped that Enterprise was going to end, right? Is that Al would come out of the turbo lift and it's like, okay, you're almost done here, Sam. <laughs> Just got to form the Federation and then you can leap again. Just to, I, to, I thought Sliders was the Quantum Leap uh, 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 reboot, but, it, you know, Sliders, you get one a little not. sideways on me. Yeah. You know, they were, they were going to... All of these streaming channels are starting up now, and I keep thinking to myself... 
the first one of them that actually does it, does the Quantum Leap reboot, that's the first one I'm going to be like, I have to have that one. You know what I mean? Like, I will pay any amount of money for that streaming <laughs> service just so I can see new Quantum Leap. Anyway, totally wrong. agree with you, 100%. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, okay, getting back to the draft. Yeah, I really wrong think, series. <laughs> I really think... Uh, the next, next podcast. Right, <laughs> the Quantum Leap draft. Uh, I really think Archer and Worf would have an interesting dynamic. I think Archer and Worf will have an interesting dynamic, not to mention... Well, I mean, if you put Archer after his interactions with the Klingons, uh, that's that becomes interesting. If, like, if you literally take him at a time and put him into this position, that would be interesting. I think that his style, uh, th- not only that he's... If you put him at a time, like the old... Uh, the old Star Trek versus the new Star Trek, or Starfleet versus new Starfleet, Archer versus LaForge, Archer versus Janeway. The styles are very different as well. He's going to have some ideas. Well, I'm, it's 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 odd to take him at a time like this with this ship, but I think I think the character still works. I think not only yeah. that, um, like he's going to be younger, he's going to be a little bit more hot headed, but at the same time, I like I want to know the backstories. I want to see how these characters, same way with Janeway, grew up to be into their positions a little bit. I just wanted Worf because he had the pew pews, but everybody else, everybody else, I want to get them. You know, I want to hear see the backstories. Okay, so it's up to me for the next uh, picks, and I am going to make I, I don't know. I kind of feel like a very controversial choice here, but we'll see what you all think. I am having my show set on a space station. Oh. Ah. I I feel like I, I might don't think have been that's even... controversial at all. Okay. Well, but I mean, Captain Picard in charge of the station? Like, he's not boldly going anywhere? Well, we, now he's old. We'll get to that when, when I'm naming the station and giving my plot. I don't want to spill the beans just yet, but I got a plan in mind, I think. Okay. Uh, and now for my next pick, something a bit more traditional. Uh, I'm going to take Dr. Crusher to be my, my medical officer. <laughs> <laughs> All my doctors are gone. Did they have to have medical training? <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's still Dr. Pulaski there. You could throw Ezri yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Tom Paris is there. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Tom Paris and Kess. They both. There you go. <laughs> I, I'll give you a two for one on that one just because. <laughs> <laughs> no, so thank you. I'm throwing Crusher in there, maybe uh, uh, married to Jack Crusher era Beverly Crusher. So there's some interesting tension between Picard and her. And I, I want to see that uh, relationship finally go somewhere after it was teased so long on the, the on Next Generation. Dr. Crusher was the, the chief medical officer on the Enterprise D and E. And uh, she and Picard always had a will they won't they thing. And I kind of want to see where that goes. Those are my picks. Okay. Okay. So I need a helms person, a wild card, and a ship. Well, geez. Okay. Uh, I, I was, you know, we don't. Please. I'm torn. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I'm torn. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, a little bit of a, a a thing I didn't think I was gonna do, but I think I'm gonna take. Uh, I think I'm going to take Tom Paris into the helm oh, position okay. here. And, well, I mean, Tom Paris. So Tom Paris, um, 
is a it was, he was the helmsman uh, on Voyager, and the story there is that he had done something. They never really outlined what he did, but he had done something worth uh, going to jail over, uh, court martialing and and being sent to jail. And uh, he was a lieutenant. He was on a ship. He betrayed or broke orders or refused to follow orders or whatever he did. Very similar story to Rolaren as well. Um, and then is brought back uh, because he knows the Badlands. So Janeway picks him up, puts him at helm, or puts him in the position as a consultant uh, for when they're going into the Badlands to chase after Chakotay's ship of the Maquis. And then they get flung across the universe, and he becomes the helmsperson. And he's such a hot shot; he wants to build his own ship. So, I mean, he really does. I mean, similar to Jesse's point about Sulu, he is a helmsman's helmsman. It's really all he wants to do. It's really all he does. It's a hot shot ship in Voyager. Uh, we'll see what I pull up, but uh, you know, I think I think you a get the job done. B I think Jordy will not have time for his shenanigans. I think Janeway already, we know he doesn't have time to refresh So I think he's partying with Scotty. And <laughs> I think he is teaching Tilly what not to do. And uh, so I think there's some room for some drama there. I think it'll be good. The actor who plays Tom Paris was also a next genera- in a good episode of Next Generation also. Yeah, yes. essentially playing the same character. Yes. Yeah. So the, I'm under the impression that they wanted that character to be the character in Voyager, but they just didn't want to pay the writer. Like they like they'd have, they'd have that, to give yeah. him the credit every time they used his name. But yeah, yeah, I think it's supposed to be the same person. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tricky, right? Because you also, they do write the conceit in later when they start Voyager, whether or not, who knows what order they did these things in, but the conceit to get him onto the ship in Voyager is, is significantly different. Than the the, uh, the concept of him being Lacarno, Nick Lacarno. Lacarno is 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 shoehorned out of the out of the out of the, the academy. academy. Uh, so he's gone way earlier. Whereas Paris gets to lieutenant before he does whatever thing gets him. Machine sympathizer. I gotta assume that they could have figured it out too. But the other thing is, is that that's a significantly that's a very small amount of money to have that argument over. Mm. I feel like they just liked the actor and the characters were similar and this whole sort of universe popped up around it. But who knows? Somebody knows. It's just not us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Aisha. Alright, I am going to pick my operations officer uh, as Uhura. Again, I don't believe anybody's picked her yet. (laughs) But you're leaning really heavily into the classic Trek characters. I am. Uh, and actually what I'm noticing from how I've ended up picking characters is that I have a um, a bridge with Kirk and a bunch of really strong females. Yeah. So that's a lot of and, <laughs> and Odo could go either way. You can make Odo a female too. That's correct, actually. I gotta say that when oh, I was... No. Can you imagine Kirk going to Odo for like, for like girl trouble and Odo just <laughs> rolling his eyes at the whole thing? <laughs> Well, remember, I still have um, I still have bones in the medical bag, so <laughs> right. you know it does have a divorced man <laughs> to talk to. <laughs> but yes, so 
So I'm going to pick Ahura because extremely capable um, character, of course, and she's, you know, she can do anything on the bridge, it seems like. She's mainly communications, but she can do helm, she can do the science station, she can, she's magic, she can do anything. Um, and also, I think it would be fun for her and Kirk to make out again. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> are you drawing a distinction, like, between Nichelle Nichols or Zoe Saldana? Oh, this is Nichelle Nichols. Okay, all right. Yeah. Absolutely. I like it. I think it's a chance for, for her to her to actually do something. Like the original series, she doesn't have much to do in any given episode. So this is like a great chance to flesh out that character. She gets a lot more to do in the We're movies. She is a lot, but we don't really get this yet. Yeah. 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 Okay, Zinni. Okay, my helmsman. I wanted to pick Tommy Weber, but I don't think he'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to pick the J.J. Abrams version of Pavel Chekhov. Oh, good I choice. I, I, like, I like him as being the young genius far better than Wesley Crusher. And uh, just as a tribute to Anton Yelchin, because it still breaks my heart. So sad. So sad. So that's my pick for Helmsman. Okay, Jesse, you're up with two picks. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I was going to go with Bruce Maddox for operations. Um, I think it makes sense, given what's happening here, to have a cyberneticist there. Like, operations is kind of a vague position. It's something we know he's a Starfleet officer and he'd be able to do. But I've been looking over the position and they talk about how operations is really, like, they really do talk about it as the master of technology. And I think that's boring with him. So instead, I want to see if you guys are okay if I take Gerardi instead. Now the yeah, char- it works for me. Now, the character isn't necessarily Starfleet. She In Picard, she works at the Daystrom Institute, um, which is, you know, it's kind of like how people who work at Lockheed Martin don't technically work for the U.S. Army, but, but they do. Come on. <laughs> Um, but Gerardi is also a brilliant cyberneticist. She's a brilliant scientist. Like, there's nothing there she wouldn't be able to handle. Maybe plot-wise, she's gotten a Starfleet commission. Who knows? Um, and also, just Allison Pill is adorable. Um, I don't know. Her- she scared the transporter. Uh, so's McCoy. Yeah, yeah, but but she's not being asked to run the transporter. <laughs> McCoy's not being asked to run the transporter. She is. It's, I, I I think she'll be able to pull through. I think her Gerardi being sort of like, whoa, this is space, this is crazy, runs out pretty fast. Like, that's there the first few episodes of Picard. And then in the last episode, it's, hey, why don't we use this mind android plot device to duplicate the Picard effect? But, but that wasn't terribly well explained. It wasn't the best part <laughs> of Picard. But I think she can do it. <laughs> and also, I really want to see her interact with Rom. Um, they're both really giggly characters. <laughs> I just, I think, I feel like that's going to be adorable, and I think she's going to add some energy to my crew. That like a lot of the characters on my crew are kind of intense. I think having a little more, like having her sort of put the brakes on things a bit, is going to be a welcome contrast. So, assuming everyone, no one wants to, to fight me on it, I'm going to leave Gerardi there. And with and with Gerardi at operations, that means I'm going to take Soji as my wild card. Oh, uh, wow. so yeah. many more Picard picks than I would have expected. I, I think it suits the tone of the show I'm doing, where it's not like you know, like Zinni's going with the like a traditional Starfleet. Like I'm obviously looking at something a little darker and a little more 
it was Obviously. questionable stuff is going to be happening. Yeah, that's just me, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm a bit of a cynic. Uh, but no, it it never struck me that it made any sense that Soji would leave her planet to join the, the Picard crew on Rios' freighter. That I don't buy. Uh, but her getting involved with the Borg again, I absolutely buy. I don't think she would join the ship still, so she's not on my crew. But she's going to be in a weird in-between position because she's she's pretty pro-human or you know, pretty pro-Federation at this point. But she's got a lot of sympathy and heart for the Borg. And now that she knows she's a cybernetic being herself, or I guess not cybernetic, she's full android. There is a distinction there. Um, it's going to put her in an interesting position. And I don't think she's necessarily going to be working for the best interests of Starfleet or the Borg. I think it's going to be up in the air. And her relationship with Gerardi and like like all that is going to come up, and it's going to add a lot of shaky ground. All right, I like it. I like it. Okay, back up to Zinni. Okay, my choice for ship. It may be controversial because I know no one likes this ship, but I like <laughs> the Intrepid class from Voyager. Mm. I like the fact that it can land. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's cool. <laughs> That's a nice, that's an interesting explanation. I like it. And, and the, uh, the warp cells go up and down a little. Yeah. That's neat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has come in handy for a lot of storylines in, in Voyager, and I just, uh, I find it intriguing, and I like it better than the saucer separation, which makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense at all. It's much more it's sense. Cool. You- <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I had plenty of people write in and tell me they were on my side with that Enterprise list that the saucer separation is cool. You had one. (laughs) That's enough. That was plenty. Move on. (laughs) Okay, that was a great pick. Uh, I think a lot of us, I, I mean, at least for me, my you know distaste for the Intrepid class has more to do with the show than it does with the ship itself. But I so I'd love to see it do some cool stuff in a new show. So, I'd like to get cartography. What'd you say, Zinni? It has stellar cart- cartography. Which <laughs> also, but... to, which Seven of Nine brought to it. Right, That's true. true. That's true. I think I think I'd really like to see the the Intrepid class get a, a movie uh, quality model done. I always felt like it was like the gray was really kind of like. Like they got a lot of curved metal on there, and they got that gray doesn't really reflect well enough. Like the CGI really let it down. They never did a a, a, a model of it. So I feel like I feel like if we got like a, a like just just clean it up, just do a new version of that, remaster that, and I think I'd be on board because there's all it's 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 an interesting shape, but I never thought that it was like in in standard definition on the TV screen never looked great. Cool. All right. Uh, Aisha, you're up. Okay, so I think I only need one more um, a crew member and I need a ship. Um, but I think I just need a science officer. Now. Yes. So, um, I, this, I, I don't know if this is sort of uh, uh, off the menu, but um, I was thinking um, Esri Dax as my science officer. I think that flies. Yeah. I think that flies? Okay. I don't know. So, again, she's, mainly she's just a- here with Artie. Sorry, I, I wanna, I want, I wanna, I wanna say no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. She doesn't know anything. She's a junior counselor who hasn't even finished. But she's lived eight different lives. It's a good point. Right, and she's dealing with 
the memory yes. of a police officer. <laughs> so, therefore, his recounts as also dead zero. That's why he's saying uh, wow. I mean, I think... How are you going to explain that? There's an entire seven-season arc uh, explaining that they not, aren't the same, but <laughs> that's still... I like the poll, and I like the justification. Do you want to give us a okay. bit more background on Esri? <laughs> Sure. So um, Esri is uh, a Trill character who is a very, you know, young member of the crew um, who is sort of put upon as having to uh, join with this, um, with Dax, um, is this sort of life form that has lived many generations that was sort of living inside Jadzia. Um, and uh, to save it and to get it back to its home planet, it has to be sort of joined with, um, with Esri. Again, very young person, very uh, overcome by the process of, you know, suddenly dealing with the memories of this other person and all these other generations that are inside her now. Um, and a lot of her arc is um, one coming to terms with that, but also as the ship's junior counselor, she sort of helps a lot of the other characters uh, come to terms with, you know, whatever their foibles are, uh, whatever their anxieties are. So I think that is something that's sort of missing from my crew right now, is that sort of soft character to deal with the very, very strong personalities on the ship um, to sort of even everybody out. So I think actually she kind of fits in well uh, to serve that purpose. But also I maintain that she counts as a science <laughs> officer. <laughs> Dave, like rebuttal? It. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dave, you're up. All right, so I think that my crew is getting along too well, so I'm going to put Paul Stamets in wildcard. <laughs> Man, I cannot He's believe so how much annoying. Discovery's been picked. Really? Yeah. Like, you mean compared to Enterprise? I, or compared <laughs> to Voyager, even? Yeah, well, Voyager is, you know, who's left? Voyager and uh, Chakotay, Kim, and Cass? Like, who, what do you want? Neelix? The Kazon? Are you going to put Neelix on your crew? Oh, God, no. I'm going to put him on the crew just so I can send him at the airlock. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so Paul Stamens is, uh, he is the sort of uh, engineering, but not really engineering in Discovery. He's he's playing the part of the engineer, but he's really just in charge of the spore drive. They even finally get a chief engineer, sort of chief engineer. They they, they pick up TIG, what is the character's Jet name? Jet Reno. Right? Thank you. And later on to be an actual engineer, but um, Stamets, yeah, he's he's a spore guy, a spore drive guy. He's a researcher primarily, but he uh, turns into to an engineer as well when he has to actually run the thing through himself. Uh, but he's he's a big brain and he knows it, and and then I think he's a bit of a he's a bit of an ass. Uh, excuse my French. Um, <laughs> And he, I think that goes well. Like it, it's it's the right type of interpersonal conflict. Like he's got a lot of ego, and he doesn't necessarily want to do what the do, uh, the 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 captain says. He wants he'd really rather be working in theoretical. Uh, but captain needs this. The captain needs that. I think Jordy and him would get along on the tech, but also butt heads on the tech at the same time. Okay. I, I think yeah, that's no, a, an interesting yeah. pull. I, I think Jordy sometimes has a hard time with uh, out of the box personalities, and so that would be that would be a good person to for him to have conflict with. 
And I guess the, uh, there's a question, maybe this is for later, but like, if we're actually going to bring the spore drive into this story or not. That could be uh, an interesting bone uh, Well, I, J- Graham has already picked a ship, so that's available to me, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so uh, speaking of Graham, that's me, and uh, these are my last two picks for the, the this draft. So this is it. This is the we're we're in the home stretch, everyone. So I've got Helm and I've got Engineering, and uh, you know both both areas are, are, the pickings are getting a little slim. But I'm gonna go with Nog for my Helm officer, my Helmsman. Nice. I like Nog. He yeah, flew the he, Defiant during the Dominion War. Yes. Yeah, and he's he, I'm gonna he's still gonna be you know and a cadet or ensign, just a real low level character who uh, is learning the ropes from some of these much more accomplished people around him. Uh, so just for for our non Trekkies, Nog starts off as a real Ferengi type bratty kid who is sort of pulling Jake Sisko into the you know the dark side a little bit at the beginning of the series getting him into trouble when he was normally a pretty straight-laced kid but by the end of the series he's joined Starfleet Academy and he's you know they they have hints that he's going to be a captain later on in, in the future he's he's got this great arc it's one of the best things about Deep Space 9 is these character arcs and Nog has one of the best ones he goes through a war it hardens him he he loses a leg all this cool stuff happens to him but this is going to be still pretty early in his Starfleet career for engineering, I'm going to go with uh, Reginald Barkley, just because <laughs> I've got way too much competence in the rest of my my crew. And... But you don't have Troy, so what are you going to do with it? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess oh, okay, so Picard's going to be in charge of this new space station. Everything's <laughs> going to be great. It's, hey, Captain, we finally found you an engineer. <laughs> he walks in the door. <laughs> it's Broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> So Barkley was a recurring character on Next Generation, and whenever he showed up, there would be stories centered on him, and he was a mess. He's he's the only guy in the 24th century who uh, really, really needed counseling. He's got every sort of quirk and phobia known to man and uh, every sort of obsession that you could imagine a character like that having. Uh, he loves the holodeck a little too much, and but by the end of Voyager, he's like saving the day. Anyway, he's got a lot of skills for his many, many quirks, so I think he's going to be an interesting foil for the rest of this thing. And that is my draft. Now we're going to go to Dave to wrap up his. I just want to say this about uh, Barkley: he's a competent engineer. He's just That's not true. a good. He's just not good at his job. <laughs> the rest of his job, which is interpersonal and and being on time and writing reports and doing the work. Hmm. Totally anyway. true. As somebody who has to work in an environment where those things are actually important, I gotta tell you, it's not enough to have the technical skill without having to be able to administrate it. Right. Well, that's 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 Graham's problem, and yeah. that's yes, no, it actually it's First Officer Benjamin Cisco's problem. That's true. I think I think actually, yeah, Cisco would turf him in a hurry. But that's just me. I don't think he would put up with that. Anyway, uh, right. I think Cisco could crack the whip and really, uh, you know, and, but also sort of mentor him in like a guy way to help him figure out his, you know, issues with women because Barkley has some yeah. issues with women. Because Riker, <laughs> Riker cra- wants Jordy to crack the whip 
and then does does come down on Barkley pretty hard too until they discover that he's actually suffering from addiction and and mental health issues and then finally they you know doesn't get Picard kind of he wants yeah. to he wants doesn't Picard, Picard kind of like right. soften them get like give them crap for calling him broccoli and stuff yes, yes. <laughs> Picard does he Picard lets them Picard's challenge to them is is that uh, you you have to solve this problem one way or the other. But I'd prefer it. And if then you didn't at the fire end him. of the series, he, he's not on the Enterprise anymore. He's working on <laughs> Jupiter Station. So we see okay, how that went. Let's not forget how his success on Voyager, where he was the one who found them. He succeeds at the Pathfinder Project. That's true. Yeah. He is kind of a weird genius. But he also. Anyway, we're a little stuck on this one. We should probably on vacation. Move on. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, Dave, let's hear I you. am going to do something terrible to Jesse here. I am you going to take the Excelsior class. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, the Excelsior class ship was, not only did it become, like, the major ship for the period of time between... Like for the fifty years after after TOS or after the movies at least, um, it also was the like they definitely had experimental systems. That was the point. the 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 Excelsior, the original Excelsior, had transwarp, but uh, what's his name disabled it right there, Scotty. Right? Scotty so if, sabotaged it, and even after exactly. that, it never really worked. It never really worked. But the point is, is that they could certainly put a sport drive on there to work with. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. I, right. I thought it was classified technology. Well, it is classified technology, but you know, you gotta you gotta defeat Stamets the probably knows about it. <laughs> exactly. If you put Stamets on there, that maybe that's what it, that's what he's up to. Solve the solve the spore drive problem. Anyway, I think uh, I think I want the Excels here. I don't cool. know. I th- I mean, part of it's the look. I definitely want a uh, uh, an Enterprise shaped ship. Um, but I don't know what I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I just I think I think Jordy would love it. I think Stamets would love it. I think Scotty would love it. I think I think it's a, I think it's a good choice. Well loved. Okay, so that takes us to Aisha, and uh, I think we're getting another ship. Yes. Uh, so that's the last thing I have to pick is my ship, and I am going to go with the Sovereign class. Ah. Oh. Um, <laughs> nice. I don't have a particular reason for picking it. It's just a galaxy class, but sleeker, um, with like a more expensive set for the show, basically, <laughs> and for the movie. First time we see it's a fourth contact. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm picking it. I love it. As discussed on, on a previous episode, that's uh, that's a lot of people's favorite ship. It's oh. gorgeous. Okay, it is very pretty. Now uh, we're going to Zinni for her medical officer. My medical, okay. All of my medical officers have been scratched <laughs> off the list, so I'm left with people I not wouldn't necessarily have chosen. So I wanted to f- pick a female because my I think poor Michael Burnham is the only female on my crew. <laughs> so I've decided to go with Doctor Pulaski. Didn't really care for her all that much as the doctor on the show. However, the actress did one of my favorite scenes of all time in television history when she was on L.A. Law. The one where she fell down the elevator shaft? (sighs) Yes, spoiled it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Wait, so your your favorite thing about this actress is when her character died? (laughs) 
This actress was a, was a, one of the main characters of the show, and no one said she was leaving the show. And in the middle of a scene, she's talking with one of the other main leads of the show, and the elevator door opens, and she steps into the <laughs> elevator and disappears. The only reason I spoiled it is because I thought there's no way that's going to be the answer. <laughs> you don't know him very well. <laughs> This was one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. (laughs) And she was pretty much the same character. That sort of hard, bitter kind of person. So that's all I got. So she's my medical officer. I I think it's a great pick. I think she's going to, like... Most of the other people are kind of like light and and friendly, and Pulaski will be a definite interesting twist on that. Add add yeah. some tension to that dynamic. And she'll just be careful around the turbo lift. <laughs> okay, Jesse, take us home. Yeah, I mean, my ship it pretty much wrote itself with the era and the characters I've chosen. I'm going with the, the Zheng He, the Inquiry class. Um, it's the, the latest, the greatest Starfleet ship, and it's the ship that Riker takes command of in the climax of Picard. Um, besides the fact that it's established canon, that it makes sense that he would be on there, it also sort of suits him. Like, it's, it's, it's the newest hotness, right? It's the flashiest, <laughs> fanciest thing that they've got. That's absolutely the ship that Riker would choose. Um, and given what we're dealing with here, that's probably the one we want. So it's, it's really a no-brainer. It did hurt just a little to not pick the Defiant, but it's okay. I would have guessed, with that still on the board, I would have guessed you would have gone with that. I'm kind of surprised you went with the, the this newest one, since we don't know much about it and don't really get to see much of it, and you're such a ship guy. It's. I mean, I want to see more of it. It's It's interesting. It's got, like, that kind of enterprise-y look, but it's also, like, the way the saucer sort of grows out of the hull, it has that kind of intrepid thing where it looks like it's a solid piece. It's. I do desperately need to see more of it. Like, that's a thing in real life right now that's bothering <laughs> me. Um, and this, this would be my opportunity to. Okay, so... Uh... Now we have to figure out what our ships are called and what our plot is going to be. Um, so let's let's take a little break and uh, brainstorm a bit and maybe come back in five or ten minutes. Okay. Okay. Then. Sure. Okay. Talk to you all in just a few minutes. Okay. So I think we're all back, and um, what do you think of going in the in draft order? Um, yeah, I think what we'll do, we'll go in draft order, um, review your like everyone you've picked for the podcasting audience who don't have it in front of their face, uh, and then tell us a little bit uh, about what your, your stuff is about. Okay, great. So uh, I drafted first, so we'll do me. Uh, my captain was Captain Jean-Luc Picard, First Officer Benjamin Sisko. Chief of Engineering, Reginald Barkley. Medical, Beverly Crusher. Security, Tuvok. Science is Jadzia Dax. Ops is Rafi Musiker. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we're going with it. Rafi. Helm is Nog. My wild card is Michael Eddington. My antagonists are the Cardassians, and I'm on a space station. So all this takes place during the first Cardassian uh, Federation War. The space station, I'm going with uh, a name, Fort Roosevelt, uh, and 
it's going to be the the launching point for the Federation and one of the launching points anyway for that that conflict. So you're going to have a lot of ships coming in and out and the the captains are going to get their orders there. There's going to be a lot of meetings, uh, opportunities for guest stars. Captain Picard and Benjamin Sisko will have their own ships and maybe fighters. Battles can come to them. They can go out to battles. I like the idea of having Eddington be a Maquis leader who's in the brig on the the space station, and they go to him like Hannibal Lecter for advice on what to do. Maybe have that be one of Cisco's jobs, just to have that antagonistic relationship going. Nog is young and impressionable, and you know, taking shuttles to the different ships and working with the different pilots. And maybe he gets influenced by Eddington, and maybe does some things that he shouldn't do, or or starts to go in that direction. Maybe Tuvok is there to rein him in. I also like the idea of there being uh, the, um, sort of a mash setup where, you know, there all these injured people are coming there and Crusher's got to triage all these different injuries coming in and, and the people who are, are who need the attention more. And you can also have the romantic tensions with her and Captain Picard. So that's my show, Fort Roosevelt. I Any like thoughts? Oh, I got a Star Trek, Star Trek subtitle, Fort Roosevelt. Yeah. I was going to say, like... You could actually, you don't actually have to change the time periods for any of these characters other than Cisco being around. You could just promote them, similar to Cisco being the attache for, for like, the, like, as, as the rank of captain, he was serving the Admiral. You have Admiral Picard running this sort of space station, which is in charge of this launching point. Uh, against the Cardassians, you could have Cisco as his first officer. Everybody else is just promoted. Like uh, Crusher is is chief of this district, this this medical like the overseeing all the medical deployment for the war. You have uh, uh, tactical Tuvok doing the yeah, strategic like they had Worf on on DS Nine. Like you right. just promote everyone up. And it still works. It's a little bit more high level. It's almost like a West Wing thing, but it, it would work. Cool. Well, I, I am I'm very glad that this worked out since I only had like a seed of it in my head when we started and it just sort of blossomed as we went. So I'm very happy. Okay, Dave, let's hear yours. Well, I think I'm I'm much more impressed with yours than I am with mine. But um <laughs> uh what I okay, so the ship Don't is say that. <laughs> the uh the Excelsior class, the USS Endeavor. I'm not sure what the show title is. It might be Endeavor, Star Trek Endeavor. I think um, hmm. it's. I mean, I wanted to go with like the the space shuttle names. Like we we you know, there's a little bit of that already happening in in Star Trek, and I think that works. The Discovery, you've got Enterprise, you've got. Um, I mean, they've done them all between the NX ships, and then just names that get scattered here and there. Exactly. So, so I would. Yeah, you're I would good. I would take Endeavor. Now, the show is, it's, you know, honestly, I, I I love the episodic formulaic, um, formulaic probably the wrong term, but the episodic aspects of TNG. And and I'd push that maybe maybe to a lot of two-parters. I think I would go there. I would, I would try, try to aim at two-part arcs occurring a lot. But with the overarching villains being the Romulans. So the Romulans are playing chess against the Federation, as they always are. I didn't love, I actually really didn't like how the Romulans were treated in Picard. But those aren't, that's not the Romulan government, right? I want the Romulan government playing chess against the, 
the the Federation, and Jody LaForge happens to be uh, running the Endeavor all near the border, doing the stuff that normally happens in our TNG world. But this is what's this is this is the reoccurring. This is the thing that keeps coming up: is are the Romulans trying to get through the border? Are they trying to provoke the Klingons? Are they trying to provoke the whoever else's? Are they actively? feeding the Cardassians uh, whatever you know like I feel like we started that and we did like we did an arc of it and that was it and we left it but that feels like the Romulans didn't really try it was like oh we're gonna try once with the Klingons meh we gave up so I want more of that I want more of that anyway okay, to recap cool. my crew it's Jordy uh, Jordy LaForge's captain uh, Captain Janeway Commander Janeway as first officer uh, Scotty in engineering. The EMH is up in medical. I gotta assume at this point the EMH has developed a name and a personality, but I don't know. Maybe you start him over. Maybe you just ignore Voyager and you start this one over and he develops in a completely different direction. Worf is still at security and tactical. I'm not sure why uh, <laughs> he hasn't gotten a promotion. Maybe it's because he disobeyed orders on that planet and saved Jedzia and couldn't get past commander because of it he blew command a couple of times where he blows up that freighter and yeah yeah oh yeah 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 and then punches the guy because of it it's good it's a good one uh and tilly at science uh archer man out of time at ops tom paris at helm paul stamets is my wild card position that might not work out as well as i originally thought but i think there's interpersonal uh opportunities there and the romulans is the main antagonist I also think Stamets would be kind of bored without the experimental spore drive. Like, he, he seems like the kind of guy who, when he doesn't have something to challenge him, he gets even more prickly. So I think that would be an interesting feature to have on the show. Yeah, maybe. Can I ask you, Dave, did you always have the, the Romulan sort of idea in mind? And if so, i just surprised that you didn't pick Sela. Yeah, well, here's the thing about Sela. I think we did Sela. I think that happened. She did it, right? She failed. So I feel like Romulans don't take kindly to that. So I feel like... Oh, she's probably not in a good place right now. I feel like she tried and she failed. I mean, it was Picard. But but once that happens on Romulus, you, you the military or the Talishiar or the government go away now and don't bother us again. <laughs> right, yeah, out to Romulan Siberia. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, I just realized is the Riemann's minds, so... <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay, no, cool. Yeah, I'd watch that. Okay, Aisha, what's uh, what's your show? Okay, so, fair warning, my pitch is not nearly as highbrow as what's been pitched so far. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm embarrassed about it. But, let's start with my crew. So, uh, my captain is Kirk, uh, first officer is Kira, uh, in engineering, I've got Torres... Medical, I've got Bones. My security officer's Odo. Science officer is Esri Dax. <laughs> uh, operations is Ahura. Um, Helm is Ro. My wildcard is Guinan. My antagonist is Q, and we are aboard the Sovereign class. So, you give the ship a name? Pitch is, um, it's the Slayer, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because it's so metal. Is <laughs> because this is Doom. But Star Trek, but it's also a romantic comedy. <laughs> wow, there's a combination. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to lay that one out for us. <laughs> right. So, um, 
it's doom because Q has decided to uh, banish, um, uh, well, not just humankind, but all of the different uh, humanoid species that are aboard uh, my ship uh, to hell. So now we're in an alternate dimension where we are fighting hell demons. Oh, man. Um, and <laughs> the romantic comedy part is the fact that we have a mostly female crew uh, with very strong personalities and literally, and I don't know if you can give Odo, a, I don't want to assume Odo gender. Um, you can decide whatever he wants, whatever he wants to do. But I think we just have Kirk and Bones. So, and you know, on board uh, a ship with lots of strong women, um, lots of beautiful women uh, in the middle of a hell dimension where we're going to have lots and lots of violence, uh, a metal soundtrack, um, big guns and punching, but also it's a romantic comedy. I, so are you looking <laughs> at like more of like a JJ Trek aesthetic? Like it's kind of a... Yeah, that aesthetic, but like I want it to be directed by, oh man, like Edgar Wright. <laughs> That's who I want. I don't think you want... Gene Roddenberry is rolling in his grave. I think he's risen and is coming to your house. <laughs> coming to get you. But it sounds like that would make a perfect episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We're gonna last one season, and then nobody will ever speak of it again. <laughs> but for, so this, I mean, so this is a Star Trek for people with a sense of humor about the whole thing. But that, exactly. but that does sound well, wild. We can, we can do a mirror universe thing, and then you know, at the end of the series, they all wake up and realize that you know that was a ridiculous thing that happened to them. It was a prank by Q. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we can we can write over it. At the end, <laughs> right. What, what's his name? Is in the shower. He didn't actually die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. But anyway, yeah, I'm embarrassed because your shows are uh, much more Star Trek than mine. <laughs> okay, Zinni, let's let's hear your pitch. Oh, that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got a very traditional crew. I've got um, Christopher Pike as captain, Michael Burnham as first officer, uh, Miles O'Brien as my engineer, and Dr. Catherine Pulaski as my medical uh, Cristobal Rios, a security tactical uh, Spock for science, data, 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 <gasps> data for ops. And... Such a Pulaski move. <laughs> so true. That's exactly how she felt about him. And uh, check off on helm. And my wild card is uh, Garrick. I've decided to name my ship the USS Hadfield. How's oh, that? Oh, nice, nice. What was your ship again? Okay. The USS Hadfield. I mean, what, what was the class? Oh, Intrepid class, Voyager. Right. Okay, so um, my my working title of the show, and this is just a working title because you gave me five minutes to come up with it, <laughs> is Star Trek Delta Quadrant. Okay. This, oh, shows, okay. this show takes place after Voyager gets back. Uh, they've now solved the problem of long ter- of uh, communications, of long-range communications, and they're sending this ship in- back into the Delta Quadrant this time to explore. Uh, I- I'd like to focus on standalone episodes with an overarching uh, storyline about how Section 31 has things in the Delta Quadrant it doesn't want found out. Oh, oh man, that is so cool. And that's where we start. Cool. Oh, and great. also, and the subplot of Garrick, does Garrick represent the Cardassians' interests in the Delta Quadrant, or is he on the side of the Federation? We really don't know. This sounds like a spy show, like it's very cloak and dagger. Yes, I, I, love the, I love intrigue, and I loved the episodes where um, 
Bashir played James Bond? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Our man Bashir. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> James Bond. Which gave me the inspiration to make a serious effort at it. Very cool. That's my show. Very cool. Okay, so that leaves uh, my partner in crime here, Jesse. All right, to review, uh, I had Captain Will Riker. Uh, first officer is Philippa Georgiou off of Discovery. Rom is in engineering, Bashir in medical. Seven of Nine at security tactical. Arium, uh, the, sci- the robot lady from Discovery on science. Uh, Dr. Gerardi in operations. Sulu on the helm. Uh, Soji Asha from Picard is my wild card. The antagonist is the Borg. And we're on the inquiry class ship, the Zheng He. And I think it is the Zheng He. I think it just it makes sense. Like I said before, it's canon. Um, because some of these characters are out of time, I think this is sort of a what-if show. I don't think we're going to address like time travel or anything. This is just going to be taking place in a parallel universe or something where all these characters exist at the same time. Yeah, same with all of us, right? Yeah, most of us. Uh, the show is Star Trek Resistance pulling from the resistance is futile as it's going to heavily feature the Borg. Nice. Um, I, I think in this timeline, um, the Borg have invaded and things are, things are going bad and it's, things are starting to get shut down. Um, I feel like I can't get away with just saying they've assimilated earth, but maybe they've just cut it off and you know, folks are on the run. And this is, there's going to be, the overall arc of this show is going to be how do we stop the Borg? And it's tinged with a thing of how far do we go? And you know, like what does that mean about who we are, depending on how far we want to go? And there's going to be the obvious, you know, like, you know, what, like do we, like, you know, we're, we don't do what the Borg do. We don't wipe out entire planets because we're better than them. Those ideas are going to be challenged. That's the arc. And then individual episodes, I think there's a lot of opportunity for just how are all the different species and powers and things in the galaxy we've seen dealing with the Borg threat. And so I think this ship is part of sort of a Starfleet task force that's sort of a Borg first response thing. Looking at the Borg almost like a natural disaster more than a traditional antagonist. It's something that's happening, and they're crossing the galaxy to try and help. So, you know, one episode could be, oh, something like the Borg are over here, the Klingons, and the Klingons are handling it this way. But maybe the way they're handling it is going to cause bigger problems, and we have to negotiate there. Um, and they're constant. So there's, there's going to be like lots of interesting different episodes that don't have to follow like a single story all the way across, but just the, these characters are going to be facing these challenges and seeing just you know seeing the Borg through different lenses of different species, and it will all eventually contribute to a larger arc for like how do we stop the, the, the Borg once and for all? How do we resolve this? The one last thing I'm adding is I'm still back and forth. I think. Like, this is a what-if universe. I think maybe in this universe, I think they didn't get Picard back after Best of Both Worlds. I think that's why Will Riker is now, like, the head Starfleet guy. I think in this timeline, like, they, they stopped the Borg, had to destroy Locutus. And I think that's going to add a cool sort of shadow to Riker. It's going or to add a lot it, of emotional baggage to him. It would be interesting if... if- uh, Picard sort of serves the role of the Borg Queen, like he's the main, he's the face no, of the I, Borg. No, that's not what I want. The Borg okay. do not have the Borg do not have a face. They are the best of both worlds, pre Lacutus Borg. They are just, they are like a force of the universe. They're like zombies. Is just another drone, then. 
Well, maybe they, you know, they tried to have the, you know, I speak for the Borg thing, and Riker blew them up, and it didn't work out, so they're not doing that anymore. Now they just send cubes and lower your shields and surrender your ships. Resistance is futile, and up from the cutting beans. That's great. I, I, I was... Yes. For me, I never had the Borg on my list of possible villains, because I feel like post... Uh, first contact, they really went downhill. Like they, they have they, done for so many sure things. They did, and I want to undo that with this show. Right. This is going like to be the that. Borg the way I think they should have been done. Borg classic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Borg classic flavor, not new Borg. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I really, uh, yeah, you got something good there because I, I feel like Riker's going to be hung up on that time that. Picard didn't use that fractal virus uh, that Jordy came wipe them out, right? Yeah, with you. With you. I, Although, uh, that would have happened if, if Locutus happened and died, then he never would have had a chance to. Oh, good point. Yeah, the timeline's messed up that way. But nonetheless, no, and the more, that's, the, that's the, the what you're talking about, like that sort of like we should have done that. We really we had to. We had the opportunity and that's, I mean, that's what he's saying in First Contact, right? We had the opportunity, we could have stopped them then, but we didn't, and now here we are, and, and yada, yada, yada. So I think that's what Riker's, like, struggling with, right? Stuff, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, do we take, you know, do we genocide an entire race, even if that race is a bunch of, you know, creepy Swedish cyborg zombies? I, don't, I think that'd be really cool. I, I love any classic Borg. Yes, indeed. So I think that uh, that about does it. Uh, this may end up being our longest episode on record, but we'll we'll determine that at a later date. You are submitting these suggestions to to whoever's in charge, right? Of course. <laughs> Unfortunately, friends, the, now is the time to say goodbye. And all good things must come to an end, and what you leave Arr. behind, <laughs> yeah, end game. I was going to say, whatever the last Voyager episode was. <laughs> um, Dave, Sydney, Aisha, uh, this was a blast. I think we all came out with some cool stuff. Thank you so much for, for joining us for this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those... <laughs> Very late. It has gotten late. yawning. <laughs> for those of you following at home, uh, don't forget we'll, we, we will be posting the pool and the the roster of our final crews up on our websites at geektop5.com and facebook.com slash geektop5. And if you had any thoughts, questions, comments, or furious <laughs> concerns, there are all kinds of ways you can reach out to get a hold of us. You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash geektop5. And we're on Twitter at geektop5. Please let us know what you think about our different shows and how we could have done better or worse. Please tell your friends. You can find us on your podcatchers of choice. We're, uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're all over the place. Uh, there's no good excuse for you not to be listening to Geek Top 5. <laughs> Uh, special thanks again to our guests, to you, our listeners, and of course to our musician-in-chief, Jamie Reum, uh, the guy who put together our theme song. Reum is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. Use that to look up his stuff. He's on Instagram at Jamie underscore Reum and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Jamie Reum official uh, for your fix of music geekness. That is all we have for today, uh, but we'll be back. So until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5, the Star Trek fan draft. That was a blast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>